It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. This 10th year of Daily Tech News Show is made possible by its listeners. Thanks to all of you, including Philip Less, Daniel Dorado, and Howard Yarmish. Coming up on DTNS, Allison Sheridan is here to tell us what tech she used on a trip to Antarctica. Plus, radio astronomy is getting drowned out by satellite noise. And whatever happened to that European law to make Apple iMessage interoperate with WhatsApp? We're going to tell you. It's still there. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, the 3rd of March, 2023. In Los Angeles, I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Redwood, I'm Sarah Lane. And from the Podfeed Podcast, I'm Allison Sheridan. Drawing the top tech stories from Cleveland, I'm Len Peralta. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Roger, you have gathered uh, what I would say an Avengers level uh, of, of tech pundits today. Artists, scientists, me... <laughs> yeah also me and, and sarah I'm uh, there somewhere so let's start with the quick hits bloomberg sources say that foxconn will invest roughly 700 million dollars to build a factory in bengaluru india to make phone par- iphone parts and assemble apple headsets as well now we're not clear if this is going to replace similar factories in china or just add to apple's capacity within india India has strict rules that encourage electronics to be made within the country. Yeah, so it helps either way, I guess. Uh, BetterHelp is an online counseling company that has agreed to pay $7.8 million to the Federal Trade Commission to settle charges that it improperly shared customer-sensitive data despite promising to keep that data private. The FTC says the company, quote, used and revealed consumers' email addresses, IP addresses, and health questionnaire information to Facebook, Snapchat, Critio, and Pinterest for advertising purposes. BetterHelp says its practices were industry standard, but... It also posted on its website that it understands, and now I'll quote, the FTC's desire to set new precedents around consumer marketing, and we are happy to settle this matter with the agency, end quote, by writing a check. Oh, man, I love that. We'll pay. We're not uh, admitting guilt. Nope. But the FTC changes its rules all the time. Never admit guilt. There's a lot of ick all over that. Mm. Uh, Well, this probably won't be icky. Users of hearing aids who are also lovers of well-designed tech might want to check out the Eargo 7. That's E-A-R-G-O. 
If you're already familiar with the company, the Seven is the latest in its line of invisible hearing aids for those with mild to moderate hearing loss. Eargo offers a modern charging case, personalized hearing profiles, and most of the usual features that you find in conventional hearing aids. Also, Eargo's Sound Adjust adapts on the fly to noise wherever you might be. If it's noisier, quieter. And they're IPX7, so you can wear them in the shower or elsewhere if you're getting wet. Why not? <laughs> battery lasts all day, and the case offers two full charges, so pretty good battery life there. The Eargo 7 is available for $2,650 and also includes customer support for setup. <laughs> Which it ought to at that price. That's uh, so- quite, quite an Eargo sum. I interviewed them a couple of years ago at CES, maybe it's three years ago now, and it was a really, really cool product. You actually cannot see the Eargos when they're in somebody's ear. You can't see them. And I think that price is is, is not unusual for hearing aids, right? It's, it sounds crazy for, for earbuds, but these are hearing aids. Keep that in mind. Uh, right. Brave's search engine launched a summarizer feature, which uses a mix of three large language models to provide a synopsis answer to a search query at the top of the results. I tried earlier by asking about Brexit and gave me two or three lines about, oh, it happened this day and this is what happened. Not bad. Uh, However, it's not using OpenAI's GPT as one of those large language models. It just says Brave AI. They're not telling us which ones they're using, but it's not OpenAI. The summarizer will provide links to sources and highlight relevant sentences in search result snippets. Currently, Brave estimates only about 17% of queries would receive an applicable summary. It's available now on desktop and mobile if you want to give it a shot and see if you hit one of those 17%. The Windows 11 preview build 25309 that rolled out in the Insider Dev channel includes an enhanced audio mixer that lets users make individual adjustments to audio directly from the taskbar. Click on a volume icon or use Windows plus Control plus V to open the mixer directly. You can also use it to switch outputs. Maybe you're using speakers and headphones interchangeably, uh, as well as adjusting volume to individual sources like the browser itself. Basically, Windows is Sherlocking Ear Trumpet, which came out with this about five years ago. All right, let's get into the stratosphere. Actually, beyond the stratosphere. The Conversation has an article up called Radio Interference from Satellites is Threatening Astronomy. A proposed zone for testing new technologies could head off the problem. Here's the problem. Uh, Telescopes view different wavelengths of light. For instance, the James Webb Space Telescope views infrared. The Green Bank Telescope, the Very Large Array, and the Atacama Large Millimeter Array view X-rays. Many others view radio wavelengths. And of course, the oldest telescope technology views visible light. Those last ones, the visible light ones, aren't as useful as they once were because we have so many lights now. The amount of light we generate at night gets in the way, so you have to go kind of out in the wilderness if you don't want to have any interference for those. Well, the same thing is happening to radio telescopes. Unlike with visible light, going out in the winter, well, wilderness only protects you from the radio interference on the ground. And we're quickly filling up with the sky with satellites that use radios to communicate. This affects more than just astronomy. Satellites use radio waves to detect things on the ground like moisture. So what are we going to do? Well, the authors of the article work in astronomy and wireless technology and have a few ideas. Uh, one is a test facility that they're working on for tech 
Act to prevent radio interference with telescopes. Uh, the U.S. National Science Foundation and SpaceX recently announced an astronomy coordination agreement to help benefit radio astronomy. And the big one is the development of radio dynamic zones to support creative and cooperative uses of the radio spectrum. Basically, figuring out how to share the air so that everybody's radio waves get through. Allison, I know you once had a chance to ask a Nobel laureate astronomer astronomer about this, right? <laughs> well, yeah, actually, we were on a trip to Antarctica that we're going to be talking about later uh, with Nobel laureate uh, Dr. Andrea Ghez, who is responsible for discovering the super or proving that we have a supermassive black hole at the center of our galaxy. And uh, she works out of the uh, Keck Observatory in Hawaii. And it's an optical and infrared telescope. So don't be dissing that optical so much. But uh, I asked her whether things like Starlink are starting to cause problems. And she said, oh, yeah, they are. So she might not have been able to do her discovery research if this was as bad as it's getting. And by the way, I read an article today that um, uh, Starlink is now over half of the satellites. The, the, the half of the number of satellites up there because they've launched so many. Right. That, that actually makes yeah. sense. Yeah. 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 That, that's pretty quick to be half of yeah. all of them. One web's on their heels, though. <laughs> trying to make a mess of all of it. Yeah. yeah well, and that's going to make the problem worse, right? Yeah. I mean, I wonder if part of the solution is going to be, you're going to have to put radio telescopes into or- orbit um, somehow, which is more complex because a lot of times radio telescopes benefit from being in multiple places across large distances. And then they, they sort of combine their, their observations to, to create a larger view area. That's a little trickier yeah. if you're in orbit. Uh, but you might we might have to do that. That's what we did with visible light telescopes, right? We we said, well, we can still do them on the ground, but it's really easy to get past all of the light pollution and stuff if you put them in orbit. Yeah, but it, like like you're saying, uh, Alma, the Atacama Large Millimeter Array in uh, in Chile has uh, was one of the telescope arrays that was part of creating the picture of the black hole that we've gotten. So there were, I think it's five separate array stations around the world. Uh, those are radio telescopes, though. But uh, they, uh, we actually got to go to Alma and stood up there at uh, what did I say it was eighteen thousand feet, sixteen thousand feet. Ooh, wow. It's Steve and I, yeah, it, it, we had to take oxygen to get up there. It was it was crazy. But um, uh, even that, you can see a couple of telescopes in a picture that Tom showed for the video viewers. And they uh, there's a whole bunch of arrays there that form just that one. So, uh, yeah, putting that in space, that, that, that'd be tough. And, yeah, and uh, Keck, Keck is the, the largest uh, infrared and optical telescope, I believe, in the world right now. And you can't put something that big up in space. Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah 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 that, that's kind of my you know i feel like it's like the dot 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 yeah, but yeah. when can we well yeah but there's also there, gravity's not something that we're probably going to figure out how to overcome really soon but if we you know, build it that's circumstances if, if, if you're gonna yeah, let build your imagination to- run wild mine an asteroid turn it into a, an array there you go, and you and you and you use the uh, what is that space ladder they're going to build? We'll we'll carry the stuff up with that. <laughs> no, no, you just get it all from the asteroid. You don't need to carry anything up. Ah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Well, we're going to need to have some fabs for the chips up there, maybe. But yeah, no, this is uh, I. Th- this is getting a little silly now, but but it is it is a real problem that that the real short-term solution is cooperation. It's managing the spectrum, right? And saying, hey, don't operate at these frequencies so that we can actually see uh, and and be able to... To, to listen as well, not just see. You know, when we get the messages from SETI, they're going to come by radio wave most likely. 
quite like also that. being done at UCLA. What is listening to SETI? There's a, there's a big yeah there's a big SETI effort uh, by uh, uh, Jean Luc Picard. Jean Luc Picard. I knew I'd do it. I'd do it every time. <laughs> Uh, professor he works at ucla jean luc margot who is the astrophysicist we went to chile with when we went to see alma so he's uh, a lot of astrophysicists that's really i know it's so fun i love them Uh, i I did ask i did ask andrea the difference between an astrophysicist and an astronomer and she says the difference is how much do you want someone to talk to you on an airplane if they ask you what do you do for a living (laughs) if you say astrophysicist they don't bother you at all yeah That makes sense. Uh, I'm going to start using that. We had a post on the DTNS subreddit today with the title, Europe's plan to rein in big tech will require Apple to open up iMessage. And when I clicked through, I found a protocol article from March 24th. It's March 3rd. Uh, So that article was from last year. Good reminder to check your dates, but it happens to all of us. However, a couple of folks were having a discussion about it in our subreddit, so I figured I should let them know that, hey, that's an old article. And just to be safe, I figured I'd look up what the state of things were regarding that regulation so I could tell them that too. And I had forgotten that it's already law. It's part of the Digital Markets Act. And that made me think, I bet I'm not the only one who forgot that the Digital Markets Act was already a law. So I figured, why not start a new segment on the show called Checking In? So here we go, Sarah. We're going to check in on the Digital Markets Act and specifically its provision that messaging services will need to interoperate. What do we need to know about it, Sarah? Okay, so the act applies to gatekeepers. You might say, remind me of what makes a gatekeeper. A company qualifies as a gatekeeper if it has a strong economic position in the EU, a strong position connecting a large number of users to a large number of businesses, and has met both those criteria for the most recent three years. So by the numbers, that means market capitalization of 75 billion euros or turnover in the European economic area equal at or above 7.5 billion euros, as well as at least 45 million monthly end users in the EU and more than 10,000 annual business users. The law has provisions for not favoring their own services over others, being transparent about data and advertising. But the big thing that gets most of the attention is that whole messaging part. Now, as a gatekeeper, you're required to enable interoperability on request. So, yeah, it means Apple will need to support sideloading of apps, and Apple's iMessage will need to interoperate with any third party that wants to do so. Now, that's not happening right now, so you might say, well, where are we if this is law? All right, let's break it down. Uh, We already did, actually. We broke down the proposed text of the bill last year on March 29th. Uh, Then it was enacted into law on July, in July, uh, and went into force. So the law became, actually, the bill became a law in the EU on November 1st. But not everything in the law starts on day one. It's actually not until May 2nd the companies that might be gatekeepers have to start filing the paperwork. So Apple, Google, Facebook, they all have until May 2nd to submit the information they need to submit to the EU. Uh, In fact, May 2nd is when they can start. They have until July 3rd to get it in. The EC will then determine whether the business meets the definition of a gatekeeper or not. And if they do, they have until March 6th, 2024 to comply with the Digital Markets Act. So... 
even even though this law is in effect, it, it, we haven't even got to the paperwork filing and the you have to start doing this is on March 6th. And even then, even once they're like, OK, now you have to do it. Companies have up to three months to grant a request for interoperation. So there you go. By March 6th next year, Apple will have to let companies apply to interoperate with iMessage. And the earliest that any communication between iMessage and WhatsApp would probably happen is going to be June 2024. I mean, I I guess my first question is, how long can companies tie this all up by saying, well, we're not actually gatekeepers and here's why? You know, not that's not they, they won't be able to do that for very long. They, it's it's going to yeah. be up to the e, the EC will look at it and be like, you are or you aren't. You are. Or you are. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They, yeah, I think the guidelines on that are they're pretty clear and pretty yeah. concise. It's not like proving whether you're a monopoly and no, we're not in gaming. You know, it's not that kind of nonsense. It's like you have this many users, you make this much money. Boom, you're a gatekeeper. That, yeah. that That's all it is. But my question is, does that mean June of 2024, we will stop having blue bubble, green bubbles? Can, is that the dream that we're actually going to get? I think it's going to go the other way. I think we're going to have a third bubble. Uh, there's going to be <laughs> blue, blue bubbles for iMessage users, green bubbles for SMS users, and then the yellow bubbles for interoperability users. Uh, I, I think they're going to further distinguish something to say, okay, if you're getting a third party message, it's, it, we want to let you know that this is not under our control and not in our, our standards. It's coming from outside the house. Uh, and, and so <laughs> well, we want to make that clear. It would be good to have that because with with iMessage, we make a lot of fun of the blue bubble, green bubble thing. And it is a pain in everybody's backside. But the, the blue bubbles, your straight blue bubble to blue bubble, you know that that's an encrypted connection. If it's a green bubble SMS, it might not be, right? Yeah. And these will have to be end-to-end encrypted as well, which is another reason to distinguish them from – the the rest of it uh, because you you can you can provide interoperability without end to end encryption but the bill says you should also do end to end encryption and they gave extra time for that as well so you can you can launch without end to end encryption so there might be a fourth color of bubble I I, I have no idea I mean can well, I just say for the record that all these colors are just they're off the mark green means go. Green should be, this is how we all interoperate with each other in the best way possible. Blue, I don't know what to do about you, but yellow could be like, yeah, we're somewhere in the middle. Caution, this comes from outside. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Green for go, yellow for caution. Yeah. But you're saying that they, they're encouraging you should do end-to-end encryption on those, but uh, is it, didn't I hear you talk on uh, DTNS just this week about the European Commission saying, yeah, but but we need to be able to see the data to, to look for no, uh, the, the child UK, pornography? That, that this stuff does get so confusing. That's the UK. Which is ah, no longer part of the sorry. EU, of the and EC it's related, EU. and it's related to a child protection act that the UK wants to pass. Uh, okay, not, yeah. Thankfully, so here's the EC the saying, make it, make it. Here's the EC saying, yeah, make it end-to-end encryption encrypted, and the UK is going to say, except we need a backdoor. Oh, don't put it past the okay. government to say, yes, you have to make it end-to-end encrypted. Also, you have to let us see it, figure <laughs> yeah. it out. We don't know how, yeah. but do Not it. Not our problem. You yeah. just make it happen. Even though you're, the, you're the math people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, folks, if you figured this out, if you've solved it all, we want to hear from you. Uh, but anything you hear, any, any thoughts you have, we, we'd love to, to get your experiences. Uh, send it to us, feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. Well, Allison, you recently traveled to Antarctica, and we're not surprised that you took a bunch of technology with you for the trip, because that's what you do. But of that fun backpack, I'm imagining of all sorts of tech toys. What did you actually bring, and what did you learn to pass along to the rest of us? Well, one of the things I like to do after a big travel trip to these crazy countries that we go to is uh, to to talk about what tech worked and didn't work and what I learned that's new from what I used to use. And probably the single most important thing I learned that's going to be helpful to the audience is that the the way data plans are are, are done uh, in countries now with eSIMs available is completely different from the last time I did one of these big trips. So uh, Dave Hamilton of the Mac Geek App has been talking up a website called eSIMDB.com. And this is a, a terrific website. It's essentially a broker for all of the options of different, different companies to provide eSIMs for you. So you type in the country you want to go to. And by the way, if you type in Antarctica, it says, no, sweetie, there's no, there's no service in Antarctica, but we were going to Buenos Aires and and uh, and to Iguazu in in Argentina. So I put in Argentina, and then these companies basically vie for your business. And they the the site is great because it'll show you um, how much data do you want and how long do you want it for. So maybe you're going to be there for two days. You only need 500 megabytes. You can get a real cheap deal, or you want to go um, with uh, uh, you know you can be there 30 days and you want to go to all of South America. You want that covered. That would be a different rate. And so I was able to go in there. And for uh, we, Steve and I each got five uh, gigabytes of data. I asked for 30 days because I needed a couple of days on either side of the Antarctica trip. And it was $14.40 each. $14. That, yeah, that's way better than your default plan from T-Mobile or AT&T or whoever. Yeah. Right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I did, I did the math in my article. I forget what it was, but I mean, it would have been hundreds of dollars versus that. And we overbought. 
you know, five gig was more oh, sure. than we yeah. needed. I mean, because we were really only there a couple of days. If this was the only thing you told me about from your trip, it would be entirely worth it because it. I, I don't know if it was. It was if people caught it. It's eSIM, so you don't even have to go get a thing, right? You just download. No, you an don't app. stop at the store. Or when we went to India, I remember us driving around, try, getting the driver to drive us around to try to find a store to get a SIM card, and they didn't have uh, the the micro SIMs back then. That yeah, yet, right. That the Apple was using. It was a big pain. This you download an app for whatever company you pick. You download an app. You sign up. You you type in what you want, you put in your credit card and you're done. And if you, I should have done like three gigabytes. And then when you get close, you get a notification to just go, okay, let me top that up and throw another gigabyte on top. And it's, and do you, it's do you, so do you, freaking easy. What's the timing like? Do you have to do the app when you're there or do you do it right before? Yeah. You leave? I mean, is it within like, five minutes or you have to yeah. do it before you leave? I, well, one of the reasons I did 30 days was I wanted to do it beforehand because I didn't know how this was going to work. To me, the whole eSIM thing was, you know, witchcraft. And uh, so I wanted to see how it was done and what, what it would act like with my regular phone and learn how to switch between the two mm-hmm. and everything. So I was just to get it, get it done. But you could, I would load the app ahead of time. I would figure out which one you want and then buy it like the day before. Yeah. That's probably what I would do. And it was easy to switch the eSIM back to your regular <laughs> provider? Yeah, I mean, it's a toggle. In uh, I'm sure it's the That's, same in Android, yeah, but on the yeah. iPhone, it's a toggle. It's like, I want this one, I want this one. So when I got there, I flipped it. And now I did always enjoy using a paperclip on an airplane in a little tiny uh, airline seat and pulling out little <laughs> SIM cards and not, not losing them. That was fun. And we lost that. <laughs> was and it? You And you do have to have a phone that, that supports eSIM for this to work. That's yeah. the other the other thing you have to keep in mind. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this eSIMDB.com, I'm looking at a trip to South Korea later this year, and I'm already like, oh, $32 for 10 days unlimited data? What? Sounds pretty good. Yeah. 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 That's better than my monthly cell phone. Bill. Right. Seriously. <laughs> I'll just keep them. Yeah. Exactly. I should say um, it's a lot more if you have a phone plan added. Ah, this is just for data. Yeah. Okay. That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. Ah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's a good distinction. Well, Allison, yes. what, what else, what else did you have um, in your travel pack that ended up being uh, advantageous? This seems like a silly thing, but a magnetic wallet for the back of my phone was probably one of my favorite things because you have, if, if we were on a cruise ship and so you've got a key card. And you got to have that key card. You can't get off the boat without the key card. You can't get on the boat without the key card. And uh, and even if it's a hotel room or whatever, I always had that with me. Now I would carry my driver's license when we were in in our credit card. If we were in a uh, you know when we were in Buenos Aires, but I could have my phone and that key card, and I I was done. I was I had everything I needed with me. And you don't want to if you're a woman, you don't want to slip a purse down to the to the cafeteria, right? Yeah. Not if I don't have to. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. It's nice to have, yeah, just all the essential stuff um, magnetized. The last thing probably to mention uh, that was a big deal is um, I have a, a large charger called uh, the Omni Charge, and it's, uh, I don't know, maybe four or five inches on the side. And I think it's like 20,000 milliamp hours. I'm pulling that off the top of my head. But the main thing that this thing is cool for is it can actually charge your laptop. It can charge, uh, it's, it's got that much uh, juice in it and it can charge, uh, you know, your phones and you know watches and all that kind of thing. But the, the reason it's good for travel isn't because I'm running out in the middle of the day and I'm carrying this giant backpack. It's that when you're in a hotel room, there's never a charge port or a, 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 a you know, an outlet where you want it. Uh. And 
there's often outlets of other countries. You're going to end up with the wrong adapters with you. We study this stuff. We're good at this. We understand it. We have all the adapters and we still brought the, some of the wrong ones. We didn't bring enough of the right ones for the ship because we're like, oh, we're in Argentina. What's the outlet look like that for that? Great. But it was a French ship. So ah. French ship was using <laughs> the European ones. Now, luckily, we had That's one with weird. us, but. Exactly, exactly. But with this, we were able to just, uh, Steve didn't have a, a, uh, an outlet on his side of the bed. So he would just uh, use this during the, during the night where he could have everything charging and everything have it on his bedside table so he could see his phone as his clock. And then during the day, he would take up that one port that we had and charge it during the day. And then you just and need so the one adapter, right? That, that's, that's genius. Right. Yeah, yeah, that was, I've had that thing for, I don't know, eight years, something like that. And it, it's fantastic. Being able to charge my, my laptop with it is, is huge. Excellent. No, so, these are great. Thank you, Allison, uh, for sharing all these. And of course, head to podfeet.com, folks, uh, if you want the full scoop on everything. Yeah, and Tech everything Allison talked about uh, will be in our show notes as well. Well, we wanted to continue on with the travel theme. Not totally sure how many movies have been set in Antarctica. Uh, a few of them. But if you are a classic movie buff and you make a point to visit shooting locations, maybe even sets of iconic movies, Chris Christensen has an idea for you. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. Occasionally, I like to bring you something that is... A place that you can go. This time it's something that you can see and it's the African Queen. So this will work for tech fans but also movie fans. The boat that was actually used in the movie of the African Queen can be found in Key Largo, Florida and you can take a trip on it. This was an actual boat, a steamboat, a really tiny steamboat that was used in the Victoria Nile and in Lake Albert and then was used for filming that particular movie in 1951 and then continued on in service to Africa till 1968 when it was brought to the United States. So if you want to experience a boat from early on in the age of steam in Africa and also a movie icon, go to Key Largo and ride the African Queen. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler. Oh, and there's a little Humphrey Bogart connection there with Key Largo and the African Queen as well. I love it. Yeah. Can we can we all do this immediately? Sure. Let's thank you, Chris. Thank you. We're headed to Key Largo. <laughs> yeah. We're sailing to, to Key Largo. <laughs> all right, let's check out the mailbag. Uh, this one comes from Vince, who says, just a note about the amusement y'all found over the thought of Zoom as an in-vehicle app. Uh, we were talking uh, the other day about uh, VW uh, launching its own app store for vehicles. Vince says, I work in a large company that loves meetings, which have attendees, uh, attendees across many time zones. Things like parents in meetings while waiting in school drop-off pickup lines, almost a daily occurrence. Often it's via the Zoom app in CarPlay. Not having to even worry about connecting my phone to the entertainment system to jump on that call seems like a great idea. Uh, I, I get it. I get it. Sometimes it just might be easier to, to have it built in, you know. Um, so, yeah. Thank you, Vince, uh, for, for sharing that idea. Indeed. And thank well, you. Since we've Oh, sorry, Allison. Go I was, ahead. I was just going to say, I mean, I, I've got Netflix and uh, um, YouTube in my car. Why not Zoom? 
Yeah. Well, well, Tesla is one of the first to have an app store in its car. So, you know, the fact that we're we're seeing Volkswagen jump on the the bandwagon and vo- with Volkswagen, it, you're, you're talking about Audi, too. So you're going to get a lot of Audi mm-hmm. drivers. Taking Don't forget that. Bentley, Tom. Oh, right. For all yeah. the Bentley owners out there. Will someone think of the Bentley owners for mm, once? You know, <laughs> I just I feel so sorry for them. Over, I know. Always being overlooked. Uh, someone I don't feel sorry for because he's awesome uh, and <laughs> might even sound like a robot to depending on whether his browser is cooperating or not, is Len Peralta. Uh, Len has been illustrating today's show. Len, uh, what have you drawn for us? So, by the way, I am totally in with the Key Largo thing. Excellent. So we're, Come on we're, down. We're, yeah. we're, we're there. It's going to be so um, fun. Yeah, it'll be excellent. Um, you know, I, I'm also would love at some point to go to the Antarctic. I think that would be a lot of fun. And uh, and, and having these tech things that, you know, it's, these are great tips. Here's another tip that maybe you didn't know, and that's what I've illustrated today, is that uh, slow connection speeds may not allow your penguin to FaceTime with Tux from Linux. Oh, um, that's oh. fabulous. <laughs> Yeah, you may was talking about the connectivity problems in Antarctica. It was, you know, satellite down that far around the bottom of the earth. It was rough. It was. And this, you know, people don't even think about that. When you bring your penguin with you. Yeah. It's to Antarctica you know, to visit to Antarctica. Yeah. You need to be thinking you, you may not be able to get uh, talk to talks from Linux, but that's, you know, that's a small sacrifice for actually <laughs> traveling. Uh, the uh, the great outdoors. Uh, this image is available uh, all the time at my online store at lenperaltastore.com. Of course, you can go get that uh, uh, the traditional way, or you can back me at Patreon, patreon.com forward slash len, where you back the DTNS lover level and you get all these prints, these wonderful images that I'm doing, uh, and they're just yours, just just for joining. So uh, so check it out, and uh, thanks for having me on. It's great. Yeah, well, thanks. Again. For being with us, as always, Len, and good stuff. Also, thanks to you, Allison Sheridan. We're glad you had fun uh, down south and brought back so much knowledge for the rest of us. Let folks know where they can keep up with more of your work. Well, as Tom said, podfeet.com is the best place to go for that. But uh, you, you can follow me on Mastodon. I'm uh, podfeet at chaos.social, and I'm having a lot of fun over there. Been uh, getting lots of activity, lots of fun people talking about nerdy stuff. It's been awesome. I follow a lot of astronomy people there, by the way. Hmm. Not astrophysicists. Mm. No, those people are just <laughs> yes. so boring. Just They just tell you astrophysicists, and you go, okay, never mind. Have a nice flight. <laughs> Um, special thanks to Chief Andy. You might be an astrophysicist. You might not. But you know what you are? One of our top lifetime supporters for DTNS. We want to thank you for all the years of support. Chief Andy. Yes, Chief Andy has been with us for a long time. You maybe listened to us for free, maybe for the first time. But you could be right up there with Chief Andy in the Cool Kids Club at Patreon.com slash DTNS. And if you are, stick around for the extended show. We are going going to do quiz time. Uh, Quizmaster Roger Chang has devised a devious tech quiz. Uh, you can match your wits right along with us. So be sure to join us for that. Again, if you're a patron, patreon.com slash DTNS. Just a reminder, you can catch Daily Tech News Show live Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 2100 UTC. That is when we record. And you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. 
If you're a patron this weekend, we have a new episode of Live With It featuring Valve's team deck and Scott Johnson telling you all about it. And then for all listeners, we're back on Monday talking antibiotic tiny robots with Dr. Nikki Ackermans. This week's episodes of Daily Tech News Show were created by the following people. Host, producer, and writer Tom Merritt. Host, producer, and writer Sarah Lane. Executive producer and booker Roger Chang. Producer, writer, and host Rich Straffolino. Video producer and Twitch producer Joe Kuntz. Technical producer Anthony Lemos. Spanish language host, writer, and producer Dan Campos. News host, writer, and producer Jen Cutter. Science correspondent Dr. Nikki Ackermans. Social media producer and moderator Zoe Detterding. Our mods, Beatmaster, WS Goddess One, BioCow, Captain Kipper, Steve Gautarama, Paul Reese, Matthew J. Stevens, a.k.a. Gadget Virtuoso, and J.D. Galloway. Mod and video hosting by Dan Christensen. Music and art provided by Martin Bell, Dan Luters, Mustafa A., Acast, and Len Peralta. Live art performed by Len Peralta. Acast ad support from Tatiana Matias. Patreon support from Dylan Harari. Contributors for this week's show include Rob Dunwood, Rod Simmons, Scott Johnson, Chris Ashley, Allison Sheridan, and Chris Christensen. And thanks to you, the patrons, who make the show possible. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.